Hello and welcome to the Top Order Podcast. India, South Africa, two top of the table sides at Eden Gardens in a sea of blue shirts. We had all the ingredients for an epic encounter. Didn't quite work out that way in the end, but for all the Indian fans who invited themselves to Virat Kohli's birthday bash, it'll be a day that they remember for a very long time. We've got records, dream deliveries, statements and much more coming up right after the swish. Boys, as I said in the intro, sort of everything that we thought, you know, this game could be, kind of had all the setup for, you know, a really close finish, you know, a preview of the finals maybe, didn't work out that way, as has been sort of the way in this tournament, but what a day out for India, Raj. Incredible, uh, India really... Really showed their class, uh, you know, both sides of the ball. We can we can say all these things that we have been saying throughout the tournament, but they, they just absolutely summed up conditions brilliantly, which I guess is part of being the the home team. But they, they knew, a th- knew a couple of things actually. They knew that it was going to be extremely hard to bat in the second innings. They chose to bat first, which they haven't really done throughout this tournament. Mm. They knew the best time to bat would be against that new ball uh, in, in in the first ten overs of the innings, scoring ninety odd off that. And once, you know, spin came in, they knew the correct tempo to bat at uh, when it got dicey around that sort of 10-12 over mark. And they just started to they just started to dominate throughout the middle of that innings and towards the end, uh, you know, complete performance. There's nothing really that you can say more about, um, about India there. They just played well. We could honestly finish the podcast there because it was, <laughs> it, was the, it was the complete performance. They were absolutely brilliant. But, you know, a lot of... A lot of good things to talk about, I suppose, from a, from an Indian point of view and, and to think about for South Africa. Baldy, you've been very high on the impact that openers have been having in this tournament. And I think we saw an, an, an incredible example of that today, even though Rohit Sharma only ended up scoring 40. It was, it was a, I feel like it was a statement performance from him in many ways because he's kind of coming out now and, you know, he it feels like he's changed his game a little bit in this the way he's approaching this World Cup and he's coming out and saying we're coming at you and and we're just going to dominate you and then that's how we're sort of seeing this early power play maybe some words on him because I think that that sort of set the tone for the whole day oh it certainly did I mean on this 416th 417th edition of Guy Fawkes night you know remember remember the 5th of November Rohit and Coley on top Rohit has laid down a marker, as you said, in every innings he's played in this World Cup, other than, I think, one or two that he's chopped on early doors, and he got a good one from Madhushanka the other day. But he has come out and played a different brand of cricket for him in the opening 10 overs of this World Cup. And as you say, he's laid down a marker as the captain to the opposition and saying, I'm going to take... I'm going to take all of you on. It doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter that Marco Janssen has been one of the premier bowlers in the power play statistically in this World Cup. He Rohit decided that that Janssen was going to go down and he was going to take him down and he was going to be the one to do it. Look, Janssen did struggle early with his, with his uh, run-up. He was inconsistent in terms of his line and length. I mean, that first over that went for 17 <laughs> had probably 16 and a half wides in it, um, unfortunately <laughs> for him. But... Rohit decided that he was going to lay down a marker and even his dismissal came right out of the middle of the bat. That took some catching from Timber Bavuma. That, honestly, if there had been anyone else other than one of the premier ground fielders in world cricket standing behind that ball, that could easily have burst through the hands and gone for four. And Rohit would have been 44 off 24 and on his way to potentially yet another World Cup century. 
India as it was, 93, I think, or 91 at the end of the power play. Uh, that was enough for them to have declared at that point and still won the fixture by 10 <laughs> runs. So it was a, just a tremendous assault for India. And I think a massive mental blow to South Africa, um, knowing that India are the other form side in the competition, if you like, potential semi-final or final opponents, depending on how the draw falls from here on in. India absolutely laid down a mental statement to the rest of the competition and to probably their chi- their chief rivals as well. Inside that first four overs, they were going at, at, at 12s inside the first four or five overs. So it was an absolute joy to watch for them inside that first power play. It, it sure was. And I mean, uh, we probably at this point should mention uh, a couple of kick little points. Kagiso Rabada was, was actually very impressive in that power play. Uh, it looked like he was bowling on a different pitch to everyone else. The way he was able to kind of, uh, t- you know, sort of just stem the flow and and bo- extract be someone- bounce, yeah, he, you know, he, he extracted so much more bounce from that wicket than anybody else. He hit the stickers on the on the bat of Shubman Gill and Virat Kohli more often than not in that power play, and and in a power play where everything else came off the middle of the bat. Kagisa Rabada constantly challenged the batters in both line and a tremendous length. He found a perfect length on that wicket. He aimed at the grass. There was a grassy spot on a good length on the end that he was operating from. And whenever he kissed that, it just took off a little bit and hit high on the bat. He was very, very impressive for me in a power play that otherwise was dominated by India. And, and Stu, there was, a, there was an incident in the, the 11th over, uh, 10.3 uh, on the over count. Tell us about your thoughts on um, the absolute uh, jaffer of a delivery. Oh, boy. Yeah, Maharaj to, to Shubman Gill. I mean, honestly, look, I, I had many flaws as a bowler. I was, I was not the perfect bowler by any means, but I, the one thing I did sort of pride myself on was the ability to turn the ball. And so those kind of deliveries are, are just, they are absolutely every single thing that you dream about as a spinner. And, you know, Maharaj, the drift in, drifting towards leg, dips down, pitches, spins back, hits the top of off. And, and honestly, such a good delivery that Shubman Gill was like, <laughs> I need to review this because I don't know what's, I don't quite know what's happened. The umpires, again, such a good delivery that they think, okay, that's fair enough. We have to just check because we don't actually quite know what's happened here. And I mean, the amazing thing is that we saw two more of them throughout the, the uh, later part of that game when Ravi Jadeja came on. So yeah, look, special, special uh, delivery. And, and I think an, a, a pretty special performance from from Maharaj with the ball. And, you know, when you think that India ended up piling on 326 and, and Maharaj bowls 10 overs for, for 30 with no boundaries, you know, we praised Mitchell Santner early on in, in one of the one of the games earlier on when uh, when he did the same. And it, it's very, very difficult to do, particularly in this World Cup where, you know, runs are, runs are flowing very easily at, at times. And for him to go through a 10-over spell without a boundary is a very, very impressive performance. We should probably talk yeah. a little bit about those boundaries. Or, Bull, do you want you want to uh, well, I, interesting, jump in? Interesting, oh, I did. Interesting stat in the commentary that I picked up while I was watching the broadcast last night. Prior to the... To this game, Maharaj had bowled 60 deliveries at Virat Kohli, never been hit for a boundary. And so I think Maharaj can lay claim now to the most deliveries ever bowled at Virat Kohli without being hit for a boundary. He wasn't hit for one last night. As you say, went for 30. 
So the other South African bowlers conceded 296 runs inside 40 overs mm-hmm. uh, against that Indian batting lineup. And, you know, Maharaj statistically is an absolute outlier in that in that innings. He has been a- outstanding um, alongside Rabada, who only went for 48. And we say only, but he did a, an awesome job on the power play as well. But yes, pitching leg hitting off Stu. Oh, how good. It, it is very, 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 very good. But you did do a wonderful job of, of setting us up there and mentioning uh, the name Virat Kohli. 35th birthday, his birthday bash at Eden Gardens. You talked about boundaries as well. He got off to a, a beautiful start with, uh, I think, third or fourth ball, hit it through the covers for four. And it, it sort of felt to me like uh, when Kane Williamson yesterday hit one through the – or sort of his, his back foot punch – off the second ball, goes through the covers for four and or goes through backward point for four for Kane. And Kane uh, Coley hits this one through the covers. And it's like, here's my signature shot, you know, and as a fan, you're sitting there thinking, I've seen this movie before and I'm, I'm settling in now. Like, this is, this is a day that I'm going to enjoy. And I mean, look, you know, Raj, jump off the back fence here. I mean, Coley, this is record-breaking stuff for him now. It, it's It's... I don't know. There are there are not many more words about how good he is, but I'm sure you've got a few for us. Yeah, look, at the end of the day, he is definitely in, in consideration for the best ever white ball cricketer, uh, batsman. Um, if he's not already there, he's, he's very, very close to the, to, the, to the pinnacle there. As you said, when he came in, he just looked immense. He, he, he looked to impose himself on the game. Once Rohit had gone, there was a little bit more work to do to get India to the to the score they wanted in that power play, and him along with, with Gil did that. And then once the um, the spin came on, they fell into a great rhythm, uh, him and, and, and Aya, and they showed their real experience of Indian conditions uh, – the way they batted on those wickets, uh, the playing the ball as late as they could, especially off the back foot, which is where they wanted to play. All the wickets that you saw, those those incredible wickets, were the ones where batsmen were pushing forward to something that wasn't quite there or something that held up and moved. Um, but India did a great job, especially those two, of uh, batting a long time at the right tempo and being able to reach that that three hundred towards towards the end. But Virat Kohli, uh, I I can't say enough about him he's just an incredible batsman incredible white ball batsman and uh he's done it all over the world you can't just say he's done something in in the subcontinent uh or another part of the world if he was from another part of the world he he has batted incredibly well all over the world against all comers Paul, did you want to add anything you've you normally got some stats for us i do i have a little a little factoid here so coley has now gone to 49 odi centuries equaling the master Sachin Tendulkar, just by way of comparison, that was Coley's 277th ODI innings to bring up 4,900s. Tendulkar, greatest of all time, 438 innings. So there's a massive gulf there. I mean, there's Nira's makes no difference. 160 less innings for Coley to get 49 ODI centuries. That's a century roughly every five and a bit, five and a half innings for Virat Kohli. And for Sachin, it was roughly every sort of, not quite 10, every you know nine and a bit. So mm. the the ratio of hundreds uh, to innings for Virat Kohli is unparalleled in world cricket in, ter- in terms of you know players who've scored at that volume. He is an absolutely incredible cricketer and will go down as one of, if not the greatest, uh, male one-day international batsman that, that we've ever seen. 
Oh, you can't you can't really argue with that. Yeah, in, incredible stuff. And I mean, you know, he look he's been dominating in this tournament as well. That's two two hundreds now. We've seen two nineties, I think, haven't we? Or uh, or maybe no, maybe not. Sorry, we've seen four more fifties at least. So he's he's been just special in this tournament. And it's something I wanted to kind of pick up on. Um, if I can move away from Coley slightly, Raj, you might want to. It seemed like you wanted to say something, so you can maybe jump in and add it at the top. But I wanted to come to you anyway because. You mentioned something yesterday about, we sort of touched on it briefly about Hardik Pandya sort of now being ruled out of this tournament, and, but we didn't really get into the replacement. And they brought in Prasad Krishna, which, you know, is not exactly a direct replacement for Hardik Pandya. But what struck me is that I feel like the way they've done that has showed confidence in one, in the balance of their side and, and how much they trust this incredible bowling lineup, which I'm sure we'll talk about very soon but also how much they trust that they already have a premier all-rounder in Ravi Jadeja. And, you know, that was on full display today and the way that he finished that innings with the bat and then obviously the way he bowled. So, yeah, do you want to uh, elaborate a bit more on that? Yeah, on the selection, obviously, they've brought Krishna in uh, to replace a, a well, the pace bowling component of, of Hardik Pandya. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, in in this balance, that's where he would fit in if if there was a injury or, or resting to uh, Shami Bumrah or Mohammed Siraj. Uh, the, you, we always forget, and I had to ask you to double check uh, that Ravi Ashwin is actually sitting on the sideline mixing the Gatorade uh, at the moment as well. So you know they've got plenty of all rounders. Uh, you know, class all rounders uh, in the squad when and if they need to call on them. Uh, the Biggest thing I wanted to sort of bring bring to the fore here is the lack of rotation. They are playing the same. They have found their best eleven, and they are playing their best eleven in every game. And they've added to that massive M word that I like to talk about momentum. Uh, and yeah, I think that we saw it again in the in this innings that they just destroyed them on on the ball, bowling side of the ball after scoring three hundred. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the bowlers. Oh, the the bowlers were were something special. I mean, you know, Baldy, do you do you want to go on a little bit about this? I mean, I was going to sort of move to South Africa because uh, the way that they just, I guess, the way that this game might have shaped up, it was it was a top of the table clash. It was something that you know, I think both teams were. There's a chance here that you lay down a marker. South Africa, I think you touched on before about how you know it, it is a big mental hit for them. I feel like. But India's bowlers up front, you know, we talked about how Rohit set the tone with the with the bat. India's seam bowlers, who probably aren't going to get a huge amount of credit from the way that this game panned out with the ball, they set the tone up front and have been setting the tone throughout this whole tournament, right? Yeah, I mean, as Raj said, it's been a complete performance for India and a whole bunch of guys that did massive things in this game get are going to get very little credit. Shreya Sire is going to get no credit from from a batting point of view. And, you know, the fast bowling trio of India that has been dominant in the power play uh, in this World Cup so far is also going to get very little credit uh, behind Ravindra Jadeja's Pfeiffer. So there is there is absolutely no weakness in this Indian side at the moment. And you have a look at the guys on the bench. I had to go and look up the squad because I had forgotten who was on the bench for India. But it's Isan Kishan, it's, um, it's Ravichandran Ashwin, it's Shadul Thakur and now Prasad Krishna four quality, quality players that would slot in into any international lineup and be heavy contributors. But for India, they're 
as Raj said, riding the pine and mixing the Gatorade. But again, India in this World Cup just seemed to have no weakness. They seem to have nowhere where you can attack and exploit. Even the fifth bowling option is working out for them at the moment. And their, their top four bowlers, they're just so good that there's just no one that they can attack, no one that South Africa could look to and and look to, and see, okay, well, we can take this bowler on. You can't take on Kuldeep. You can't take on Jadeja on those turning wickets that are doing a little bit. You certainly can't take on Jasprit in the power play. Mohammed Shami comes on and he moves the ball half a bat width and, and nicks you off. I mean, wh- where's the weakness? Where's the area to attack? And for South Africa, it was a case of, you know, all too much to do in the power play. And once they lost early wickets, they had to bat too long with those guys that are used to finishing in innings rather than building from ground zero. Raj, what did you make of South Africa's approach, though, to, at the start of that innings? Because, I mean, yeah, obviously they lose early wickets, but I feel like, uh, you know, they, they almost, they lose Quinton de Kock early and they almost sort of went into their shell a little bit, Van der Dussen and, and Bavuma and... Yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like they kind of got stuck and then obviously Bavuma gets out and it just sort of crumbles and suddenly they're 40 for five and, and the game's over. But, you know, in terms of what that approach said from the start of their innings and, and then I guess maybe elaborating on, you know, what actually this will do and, and whether it's a game that they can actually go, okay, look, this just was, you know, perfect conditions for India, Virat's birthday, you know, we, we can kind of just throw this one down the toilet? Or is this a game that they're going to go now, okay, like maybe we're not as good as we thought we were? Yeah, so I think their approach to the batting was it was two-pronged uh, in terms of they wanted to bat as deep into the innings as possible to give themselves a chance to win, win that game. We've seen that formula in, in one-day cricket for a while now, and that, that is a, a good one, a fruitful one. The second part of that is the deeper they go in, the more runs they score, you know, it has less effect on their net run rate. Uh, so th- those are two things that I think they would have been thinking about uh, going into that game. However, you have to turn the strike over, you have to keep the board, the, the scoreboard ticking over, and that's something they were unable to do. Um, you know, I, I don't think that there's much that you can take away from this in terms of, if you're South Africa, you just need to forget about it. You to forget about this one to an extent, uh, take away certain things like um, maybe the, the, the when they were bowling, bringing on spin a little bit earlier. Um, and, yeah, I don't think that you can make a judgment on whether South Africa were good or bad. Uh, I don't think, you know, I say that, you know, South Africa have, have bottled this on occasion when they have been expected to win when it gets to the later part of the tournament. I don't think that this is actually that. I actually think that, uh, if, I, if I can mention the pitches now, Stu, I think that the, the, the last two pitches that India have played on, I feel have been quite unique throughout, throughout this to, to the other pitches throughout this whole tournament. Mm. Uh, very few batsmen have the tools to score runs on, on these kind of pitches. Add in either the, the element of, of swing with the new ball, when we're talking about India's bowling, the, their ability to swing the ball, or a pitch that's breaking up and just behaving really erratically when, when bowling spin the likelihood of an India victory, no matter who they were playing, uh, was, was very, very high today. It's it's a great point that you make about the pitches, cause, and, and I think that probably goes to show, you know, that 326 was a was an incredible Massive. score. It really was on on, uh, on the way that that game panned out. Baldy, what do you think India do now? Because I would say that they're cemented now, you know, well, they are, I, I believe, I haven't actually looked at the table, yes, but they must they, be cemented now as, as top qualifiers. Yep. With it, they've got a week be, uh, between now and, and their next game, the, the last pool game against the Netherlands. 
do you think they kind of like give some of those other bench guys a run now in that final game or because there's a week are they going to go okay well we just got to keep this game rolling and, we, and we're just going so well we just want to keep everyone on the mm. park and in form and and uh, and keep rolling on in this tournament I don't think there's too many players that they would want to switch out I think a lot of their guys are, are touch players that they'd want to continue betting and they want to continue keeping the combinations that they've established so successfully in that sort of top five, keep that going. The only thing that they might consider doing is maybe giving Isan Kishan a run at five or six in place of KL Rahul or Sky, but I don't really see any point in doing that at the moment. They've, Like you say, they've got a whole week off, so there's plenty of opportunity for their fast bowlers in particular to have a bit of a rest, to get themselves fresh for a push for the semifinals. They might, they might think about maybe giving Siraj a rest. They might think about giving Bumrah a rest, but... I feel like that's really down to going to those fast bowlers and going, look, you've had a week off. You've, you've put the feet up. You might have played a round of golf. Maybe, hopefully not. Um, <laughs> and, and are you fresh? Are you ready to go? Look them in the eye and, and, and see what they say. Because if I was any of those Indian players, I wouldn't want to give up my spot in the 11. Because if you do, you might not get it back. Because, <laughs> because of just how deep they are, right? Another guy comes in, scores, runs, and you might not get your spot back. So... I think for India, it's a case of, you know, there's nothing really that they need to change here. Um, Maybe they give Ashwin a game, maybe. But again, I feel like if you've gone to a winning formula, if you mess with it, can mess with your chemistry. So I would be tempted for them not to change anything. For South Africa, I think it's the same story. I think they just need to put this game behind them, as Raj said. I actually didn't mind... If the mentality for South Africa was if we're 140 with 20 overs to go and we've got seven wickets in hand, we can get 180 in 20 overs from three down. Easy. Like that's not a not a not a question in terms of can they do it. So I didn't mind so much that they approached it of going, okay, we need to get four and over for 30 overs and we can explode from there and get nines from there on in. But they just weren't able to do that. They weren't able to, as Raj said, tick the score along enough that they that they couldn't get themselves out of that massive hole. But for India, I wouldn't change anything. I'd be giving the guys a good break and then coming back fresh and ready to go against their final opponent and then tune up for the semi-final. Just just on the, the India one from, from my perspective, you know, Raj says uh, you should... Um, not change a thing. Uh, the only thing that they're possibly tired of is watching Virat Kohli bat, and no one gets tired of watching Virat Kohli bat. They've only spent 46 overs in the field over the last two games, uh, and have only conceded about 130 runs. So no one should be tired. Everyone should be fired up and, and, wow. and continue that momentum towards the, the finals. That is, that is some stat there. Two games and, and uh, you know, 130 runs. It's. Uh, I, I think that that sums it up. Unless anyone else has, has got anything, I think that's a a wonderful place to leave it. Raj, it's a hundred and thirty runs while scoring almost seven hundred. It's amazing. And this this India side. I mean, we've mentioned it before. It, it feels very hard at this stage in the tournament with the way that they've played to think that anyone else can challenge them. That the way that they've gone. It, look, we're going to see it in a in a week's time. We're going to be into into semi finals and things, and uh, a lot of a lot of sort of things to figure out for the rest of this tournament. There are some really, really crucial games coming up. So many permutations for the semifinals that I don't think we'll, we'll go through them right now. 
Bangladesh Sri Lanka tomorrow probably a game that we can actually just sit back and and watch and enjoy rather than having to worry about what's going to happen with this and you know this kind of result and some two sides really probably fighting now only for for champions trophy qualification and and a bit of pride left in this tournament so we'll be back again tomorrow morning to review that game we'll be back every single other day from through this throughout this tournament and and into the push for the for the semi-finals but Thanks again for, for joining us. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and, and Virat Kohli's birthday bash today. And we'll see you all again tomorrow.